Come on, Nige. Very good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Palace fans throughout the world. Welcome to the Red and Blue Review. My name is Ian Noble and I am your host this evening. Looking back on the narrow loss at Stamford Bridge yesterday afternoon. Uh, with me on the show this evening, we have the larger than life, uh, Jill Holyoke, uh, sitting in his kitchen, uh, always has an opinion. Good evening, Jill. How are you, baby? Bonsoir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was about to say Sam Rogan. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Good, good, good. And joining me also, uh, the legend that is Mr. Jim Cannon. How are you, Jim? Very well, thank you. Good evening, all. Excellent. And uh, 10,500 miles away in Melbourne, it's a very good morning on a Tuesday to, to young Aaron. Hello, mate. Morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good. How, how's it? What's the weather like down there? Yeah, it's going to be pretty hot today i think 38 today 39 something really? like that i've already got the aircon on yeah aircon on and it's seven in the morning so uh yeah that wow, tells you wow. how hot it's going to be today wow so uh, we've got a real international class today we've got, we've got scott we've got someone in australia so uh it feels international welcome gentlemen and it's it's great got so many people joining us in the chat already keep an eye on the chat guys throughout this evening and uh, it's good to see so many of you joining us tonight uh, before we get into the roundup of uh, the Chelsea game yesterday, um, I just want to talk about uh, the other teams uh, at the club. This is what we do on the Red and Blue Review. It's not just about the first team. So um, the uh, under-18s uh, bounced back from a 4-0 defeat the previous weekend by hitting four of their own past Fulham at a rainy Motspur Park. A brace from Basilio Sokolici, along with efforts from Joe Gibbard and Rio Cardines, Saw Palace come away with all three points. I hope I pronounced the lads' names correctly. Um, the under-21s, meanwhile, played at home on Friday afternoon against Sheffield United um, at Champions Hill. The game finished one all, but the result means Palace are now out of the Premier League Cup, finishing third in their group of four. And this evening, they're playing tonight. They kicked off at seven o'clock. They're 2-1 down at half-time at home to Fulham. And then the ladies, Crystal Palace women, they played London City Lionesses on Sunday evening in the Women's Championship at Hayes Lane, and they suffered a heavy 5-0 defeat to the top of the table, Lionesses. And next up for the women, they are away at Coventry United, ladies, on sun Saturday, Sunday, the 22nd of January, kick-off 2pm in the Women's Championship. So that gives us a quick round-up of the other games. Uh, before we come to the main, um, the main event, I suppose, really, of course, is the Premier League game at Stamford Bridge. Um, Palace went into the game on the back of a couple of defeats, um, and um, we're going to look at the lineup first of all. Before we talk about the game, guys, I'd like your views on the lineup. So, this is how we lined up at the bridge yesterday Guita in goal, Klein at right back, Mark Gahey had the armband, Anderson and Mitchell, um, Schlupp, Decore in the defensive midfield row, of course, um, and Eze in midfield, um, Elise, Zaha, and Ayu, with Zaha playing in a central role. Um, Elise wide on the right, and I was left. I think that's how he lined up anyway. Tell me about your view on team selection. When it came out, what was your what was your opinion? First of all, you, Gel, what did you think? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I was disappointed the same as I was 
the last two games where we literally have, you know, we're playing out, we're not playing our forwards, and it and it sort of smacks a little bit really because, you know, Edward scores goals. He might only score one a game, but it doesn't matter. Yesterday we would have only needed one, so um, yeah, disappointing, but much of a muchness really. Uh, quite strong, you know. Um, it's a bone of contention. We got our best left back. We got our two, two best centre backs or had at the time. Um, so yeah, yeah, I can't. I'm going to say Ayu has, has has played okay in the last couple of games. So you know for what he's done, so he deserves to say to stay in his place. So again, no, you know, no bashing. Uh, I just would have liked to have seen a, a, at least one centre forward. But who would, you have, who would you have selected? I would have selected Edward. I mean, he, 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 well, he does. He just he gives the impetus of just going forward all the time. That's what we have got in our in our team are probably four, five players. You know, starting with the core in the middle. When he gets the boy, does like to go forward, and then obviously Elise is a Zaha. You know, we just have players that look to go forward, and and you know, he, he just I just think he has that that left foot, right foot. Um, you know, the, the, the combination of just picking the ball up, seeing the goal and giving it a whack, which, for the, you know, but we'll cover we'll cover that later. But, yeah, yeah I mean, of course, you know, I know we lost to Southampton in the Cup, but he got his goal against Southampton. He had a chance and he scored it, didn't he? So, And that was the other thing as well. We we played our first team. We legit played the best team that we could have put out that day. Well, mm. well, usually, but um, we, we played a legit forward and the legit forward scored scored a goal. You can't, you know, they played their best team and we played our best team. So I, I, it, it, it flummoxed me as to why he doesn't get a start. It really does. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts, Jim? Would you agree with Jell on that? Would you have seen Edward start? Well, it, I don't know why, but he seems to favour Wilfred up front in place of Edward or JP. Uh what reason? I'm not sure because I watch all the games at home, especially. Mm. And Wolf is just a player that goes missing when he plays up front. He's not somebody that can hold the ball up. Wolf's best position is wide on the left, either going down the line or coming inside. And I think when we play him up front, we lose that little bit of skill and directness on the left-hand side. We also lose Tyrick Mitchell because both of them play really well together getting down there. Yeah. And I don't know why. I mean, Joe said, Edward, he come on, Southampton scored the goal. I think these players, unless you've got real confidence in them and keep playing them, even though they don't do that well, you never actually give them a chance to settle into a team and get to know everybody around them. And yeah. at the moment, I feel sometimes I think it's easier to leave players out and keep players in rather than make the brave decision. I mean, Ayu does a great job, but sometimes mm. if you put Edward up there, you take Ayu out. Well, why don't yeah. you try? I mean, what's he going to lose? It's at least wide on the right. That takes care of where Ayu would normally play. But sometimes it's easier just to leave the team as it is and not disrupt certain players. And okay. Ayu's not going to score goals. He's not going to get a lot of goals. He'll get the odd one. And every time Edwards played, he's scored goals. So yeah. I'm not a okay. favourite of Wilf up front. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for that. Aaron, just come to you for your view on it. Would you have picked Edward? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I can see his reasoning for why um, he has played Wilf up front. I think the only reason that I can see is that probably, 
you know, you can see with Anderson spraying long balls that they're probably trying to play him behind. You know, Wolf mm. has a lot better pace than than probably Eddie does. But yeah, I I probably have to agree with what everyone else says. I'd probably start with a striker up. Who front would you have dropped from to. starting eleven then? Who would you not have played? Uh it's a hard it's a hard one really, isn't it? Because my immediate thought would I'd I'd say Schluppy, but and then the problem is if we don't play two holding midfielders away at Chelsea, we could get you know, we we could get pretty annihilated. I don't I don't know. Um, you'd have to take off either one of the uh, one of the top three, wouldn't you? In um, Eze, Elise, or Zahar. But okay. then again, do you drop any three of them? Uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, Jill's Jill's um, shaking his head to that, Jill. <laughs> well, no, I mean, if if you are gonna if you are gonna drop anyone, really, you know, in the in the in the quest for goals. You have to, and again, you know, I'm like, stats never lie. I love a stat, and uh, and Ayu gets a goal every fifty games, five zero games. It's pretty, it's a stat. So, um, what's it? Five? Edwards got five or six. What what I don't understand is when he came in, he played his first ever game for us. Come and sub scored, two, two, scored two goals. Mm, that should have been the catalyst for him. But he just got he just got used as a sub for the rest of the season. I was like, what? What's what is? I, I, I don't get it. I just don't get why he doesn't play him. Okay, we've done the forwards. Um, what about Will Hughes? There's a lot of call on Palace uh, social media for two holding midfield players to have started away at Chelsea. The Curé can't do it all on his own. Um, I, any of you would have started Will Hughes in midfield? Yeah, I would have done. I thought he, when he came on against, was it the Southampton game? Mm. He's he's the type of player you want in there. You know, he, he gets mixes in with players. He yeah. quite, he's he's quite comfortable on the ball, and he's he tackles and gets stuck in. And I think by having him and Dakuri in that position actually allows other players a bit more freedom. Slappy sometimes to just. I don't, I don't know where he goes. He just disappears and he'll try things and lose the ball. And I don't think you need that sort of player alongside the Curry. I think we've got plenty of players like Elise, Sinezi, Wilfred to do that. I, th- I think also, Jim, if you, if you if you play Will Hughes in the midfield, he, he gives Decore the licence to go forward occasionally as well. And we saw, yeah. didn't we, at the end of the game, what a good shot he's got. You know, he, he he's yet to score for us, but I don't think it's going to be long before he gets on the score sheet if he gets those kind of opportunities and takes shots from, you know, the edge of the box like he did uh, towards the end of the game. Joe? The, the thing about Decoray is at the moment, if he doesn't have Hughes in there with him, he's the only combative midfielder that we've got. And it proves it because he's got six yellow cards. Now, we all know Hughes loves to get in. He's, he's almost like a punch-up in the making. But that's what we need. We, we really need someone else to get in there and maybe some of the fierce tackles aren't always left to the core who's going to get a card. You know what yeah. these players are like, these, these, especially yesterday, you know, the Chelsea players, they, they could have kicked the crap out of us all afternoon. The referee was only ever really going to try and book our players. Proved it, didn't it? Five to two in cards. Yeah, five to two in cards. Um, there's a very good article today in, in The Athletic um, talking about the uh, he's on six yellow cards for the season. I don't know if we can get that graphic, Nigel, now. I know we talked about having it later in the show. But that uh, he's on six yellow cards already, as is Mark Gahey. Um, and, of course, if they get to 10 yellow cards before match uh, 32 of the season, I know it's some way off, so uh, they only need four more yellow cards, they'll get a two-game ban. 
All right. So there's the most bookings in the Premier League. I nicked this off the Athletic this morning. And the article talked about De Courier and how he was combative and how he was doing most of the, the job in midfield on his own yesterday. Um, and the, some would say he was lucky not to see red yesterday because there was another challenge that went unpunished because the referee allowed the play to continue um, because Chelsea had possession of the ball and he played the advantage. Had he given the foul and pulled it back, he might have had a closer look at it. And, and some would say he was a bit lucky to stay on the pitch yesterday. But that's his game, isn't it? You know, messes it up, mixes it up. And um, we're grateful for him, of course. Let's come on to the game itself then. Jill, I know you watched it um, on a stream yesterday um, that came in and out a little bit. But you've got your views on the game. So so talk, talk to us a little bit about the first half uh, and then we'll bring the other two in as, as we talk through. Oh, well, thanks, mate. But just, just before we do that, I just want to go back to that last point. I think it was Havertz or Jorginho who I thought, and, and I was amazed that they'd done, he'd done a lease. I don't know if you saw it, late tackle, right on the top of his ankle, on the fold of his, the bottom of his shin. Shocking tackle. Like, and, and they just, there was no mention, no mention at all of, of, of a, a red card or, you know what I mean? Had it been the other way around, well, firstly, Chelsea player would have stayed down like he'd just been shot. Um, and at least they just, got, just looks up and goes, come on, Riff. What are you? That's the thing about our players. We look at the referee and go, come on, Riff. If you lay there, if you get, ah, then go down. Hold on. Then have a sneaky look. See the card come out. Sweet ass, I'm all right now. Don't worry about it. Change the rules. If you go down screaming, you've got to go off. No matter what. You stop the game, got to go off. Soon start. Anyway, let's get into the game. Yeah, um, this is a little bit of a, a just a, a chances because obviously the stream I was watching was so bad um, that it just kept cutting out. So it, it's a, a sort of a mixture of, of what I saw and uh, and, uh, and then obviously watching all the highlights. So uh, Chelsea won Palace nil, uh, a game that really could have uh, ended in 4-4 if the keepers not had pretty decent games. Uh, throughout, Alicia had Lewis all on toast uh, and probably had his best game for a while. Uh, whilst Chelsea had the best uh, or the most possession, Palace certainly matched him for chances, especially in the first half. Uh, and Alicia Cross gave the Chelsea defenders problems. And after a scramble with a six foot eight inch keeper, Kepler, saved Wilf and Mitchell at the far post. Our second very good chance sees Wilf strong against Baddy Ashi and his layoff. Uh, to Decore, the superb Decore. I, I, I just mentioned him all the time. He was superb. Sees him uh, flick over the top uh, for uh, for Elise, who hits it on the volley, an absolute screamer. Uh, and, the, and the keeper does really well to uh, to sort of tip it round uh, well over the bar. Um, their first decent chance came out for a, a bit of pinball in our area, giving Silver the chance of a, a half volley from the edge of the area that the under pressure, and he is under pressure no matter what from, the, from our supporters, uh, Guaita parried superbly low down to his left. Um, and you could hear the, the disappointment in the in the commentator's uh, voice that they never went in either, yes, as well as the, the home supporters. Wasn't that, um, offside, though? Wasn't that going to be given offside had it gone in? No, 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 no. See, that's the thing. Let me, let me, let me tell you about it. So, uh, in the, the in the thirty eighth minute, Anderson is replaced by James Tompkins, and in the silence, a collective sound of face planting was heard from the away fans. Uh, Chelsea's next, Chelsea's next big chance was missed by Habits, 
who, having seen his bottled he uh, header float over the bar, took a barge from Guaita, who missed both buses coming for the cross. Uh, Havertz went down holding his face from zero contact to his head, fake pain from an easy chance. That was offside anyway. So, you know, I was I was pleased to see that the slow-mos, because they, you know, they, they only showed the, the possible offside once uh, on the telly, but showed the challenge about four times. And he never even touched his face. It's it's scandalous. And again, like I say, the quicker they make these players who go down with this fake pain, get off the pitch, the sooner it stops. Um how would you stop real... that? How would you before you go on? How would how would you stop that? Um, let, no, 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 because, because right, I'll tell you, I'll tell you for why. What you do, you see these players go down, and back in the gym, you know, back in the day when someone was hurt, you know, well, you know what they were hurt because you you actually did smash them properly. So, but these you see them go up, turn over on the floor, and then and the other legs going down like that, or they're flapping their hands on it, like I'm in serious pain. Ah, get me a. And then, and then a minute later, the geezers come on. If if you had the sponge like we had on a Saturday, a, a Sunday morning, do you know what I mean? Put a bit of water on there when it was still dog crap on it, where the geezer put it on the on a dirty pitch. They they wouldn't they wouldn't do this. If if you want to stop it, take up go honestly. You want to stay down. If you're down for longer than ten seconds, that you do not need anyone to come on the pitch, then get them off. It would. The managers would be going, get up your mug. What are you doing? Let me stop you there because you're in full flow. I know, and I, you know, I get that. But how would you stop it? Would you, is it is a two minute uh, suspension on the sideline, Jim? Would that work? Do you think? Well, it's quite difficult. I mean, if I'm looking at it, I mean, I hate this where a player gets injured and he has to go off. The player that injured him should go off with him and stand on the touchline so they both come on together. What Gel's talking about. VAR's looking at every... They're not just looking at one instant. They're looking at the game all the time. So that instant there with Havertz was right. I mean, the keeper didn't touch him anywhere near the face. So if he's gone down and he's had five minutes of treatment and VAR says to ref, he never touched them, send them off for five minutes. However yeah. long them guys were on and off the pitch, take them off. Barking, look at that. They don't do anything else. And it means you everything else they do, they get wrong. So, it's simbin, like rugby. Well, that's right. Someone said in the chat about simbin. I think uh, it might, might work. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, okay. Talk about the first half then. Nil nil at half time. Um, Anderson goes off on 38 minutes. Okay. Um, uh, Aaron, um, right substitution, James Tonkins, or would you have changed him for anyone else? Uh, I mean, it'll either be Tonks or Richards, wouldn't it? It's one or the other, really. And we haven't seen too much of Chris Richards. What did he start in the cup, didn't he? Um, but that's it. But he's a young player. I, I probably would have given him a chance, you know. I know we rely on Tompkins a little bit for the backup, but I think um, Tompkins' his Premier League days, you know, he's, he's solid. You know what you get with Tompkins, but the way we play isn't going to suit him, is it? I mean, I don't think people realise how much we lose Anderson not in terms of a defending point of view, but for an outlet as well. I mean, his his crossfield balls are, are the yeah. sometimes are the difference between us getting in on goal and not. So, yeah, huge loss really. Um, but yeah, I would, I would have give, I would have given Richards a go. But Tomkins, you know what you get with Tomkins? It's solidity, isn't it? Um, okay, Jim. But, Jim, after um, the Fulham debacle, would you agree with that, or would you have? Made a different well, substitution. I think I've said it before. We don't see what goes on in training. After the Fulham game, I would have thought really highly about putting them back in 
Richards, you've seen from, was it Bayern Munich you come yeah, from? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, a American international. I've only seen him in one game early on in the season when he came on as a sub. And right away, I thought, big, strong lad, looked really good in the air, comfortable on the ball. Why not? But we don't see what goes on in training week in, week out. Uh, Tompkins, he does all right, Tompkins, but he's not hes not your future. I mean, he's, he's just a backup player. And when's he going to get injured again? So Yeah, sure, sure. Leon Sound says Tompkins is championship now at best. Um, and uh, I must confess, in the away and yesterday, we're looking at each other going, Tompkins, really? What not? Because, yeah, most people are thinking Chris Richards would have been the better substitution. But you've got to say that Tompkins Tonks actually did okay yesterday. He did. He didn't do anything wrong. So no. you know, give him credit where it's due. So, um, first half, are we done the first half, John? No, no, no. So the real pain oh, in the half is always going to be Gallagher. And without his endeavour, Chelsea would probably have had another off day. His cross was missed by Habits at the near post, and Lewis Hall cleared well for Palace by shooting worldwide from an angle, unmarked six yards out. Um, it wasn't well, why it was that close? Oh, it wasn't. Look at it on the TV. It was it was going two yards wide, and had Guaita not got his foot on it, that was the only reason it was close because it was nearly an OG. Any t- oh, no, any it was really close. No, no. Um. Anyway, uh, then another chance uh, for us. Ezo's corner finds Jeff Schluck. Jeff Schluck gets away. He's been strangled. Gets away. Gets a, a, a bit of far away from the uh, the near post, and then puts in a. a Fantastic header. Um, and it was literally because their goalkeeper, like I say, just so tall with his long arms, has done really well. Otherwise, that would have, you know, I, I thought that was a legit our, our, our best chance. Um, and then Zoyish was next to see a chance go begging after Guaita's flappy punch straight to him on the edge of the area. Um, and then he's, he's uh, volley, screaming volley. Guaita did well, just stood there, yeah. stuck his arms up near, tipped it over the bar. Um, yeah, and that was uh, he redeemed himself really because I say the port the, the punch was poor, but uh, but the save again was good, um, and that really was the the, the highlights of, uh, of the first half. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought you mentioned the Thiago Silva shot, um, but before that, it was a bit like head tennis, wasn't it? He, he had a header from the corner. It was Mitchell that was playing head tennis with him. They both headed it twice before. Thiago Silva had that shot. I thought, Thiago Silva, what a Rolls Royce of a player he is. He's 38 years oh, of age. He looks about he's 28. Um, he's unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know. And he's still he's got a turn of pace as well. Did you see him yeah. one-on-one versus Wilf in the first half? Yeah, and Wilf, really he, had, he had Wilf in his, in his back pocket. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. So, you know, I, I think, you know, it was probably fair at the end of the, uh, the first half, nil-nil. Um, and as you say, both keepers played really, really well. I made some good saves. Um, let's move on to the second half then. Um, what? What? How? Who, which side started better for you in the second period? Well, I, I mean, I just Chelsea started better anyway. But again, let me just zip through the, the highlights because there's there's really not many of those in the second half. Uh, Chelsea's winner came from a short corner. Eze's trying to cover two players, and he can't cover uh, or he can't cut out as he itches cross and Havertz gets across. I mean. Firstly, the Corey, I think, is trying to manoeuvre him out of the way. That fails. Yeah. The ball goes over Schlupp. So you see, look, look, you see how high he's up in the air. Schlupp is almost up with him, but it goes over him. Um, and it's a bullet header. Keeps got no chance. It's a good It's a good header from a legit centre forward. Uh, good header. Deserved, really. I mean, they, they came out, blasted us in the first 
part of the first half, come out and try to blast us again in the in the uh, in the second in the second half. So, um, but we nearly got back into the game when Ed Ward, who was subbed on because we were losing, uh, he crossed for Mateta, who was subbed on because we were losing. And he's attempted at a sort of ball right at the core, and his Townsend-esque volley saw Kepper once again save well and give the Palace midfielder a chance to put in a spectacular animation photo on his front room windowsill. Um, the only thing I will say, they were the <laughs> photos you can turn him into five seconds or wherever he is. He's, he must have that. If not, someone do that. Someone in the club sort that out for him because I think he'll love that. Um <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this game was different from the recent losses, and it really was. Um, it felt, and this is gonna suppose some people will be face planting in the chat about this, but almost felt it was acceptable because it was Chelsea and because Chelsea raised their game. But it really could have and it should have been a draw. Sure. I, I don't agree disagree with that at all. Um they had their chances as well to make it 2-0. There was the mount cross that Havertz missed on missed, missed open goals, and he should have been 2-0 then. Um, but I thought the Curry volley was really unlucky not to go in. Um, and Wilf had a couple of chances, which he didn't mention. No, I know. Before yeah. the goal, where we we countered on the back of a, of a Chelsea throw-in, at least they feed Zaha on the right-hand side. It was a, an acute angle, but he shot and was, you know, again, Kepa was in the right place, you yeah. know. So, you know, there were chances both ends. But I was really encouraged by the fact we have five shots on target, you know. Um, well, shall, I give you, shall I give you some stats just very quickly? Because I've not got, we've not got every one of them, but just uh, just really quickly. So five, 15 shots to them sent to us on target five and five. And that five and five, you know, the, the five from us is a, just a, a more than marked improvement on two games where we didn't have a legit shot. Possession was 63, 37 to them. Corners 11, seven to them. Fouls 10, 17 to us. Um, at least we won one part of that. Uh, cards two to five, but that was always going to be uh, always going to be away. Uh, the attendance was thirty six thousand odd, twenty five thousand Chelsea, two thousand Palace, nine thousand Chinese, which angered uh, Richard really angered Nick Philpott. He rung me after the game, um, much more than he angered it, much more than it should have done. Um, but I think the real reason is because most of the the takeaways in calls them were probably short staffed. Uh, <laughs> that's <So>, brilliant. <laughs> but uh, he really did run me up. I went, you bloody well better say something about all the, the tourists, he said. And he said, the tourists, they're in the palace end as well. He was fuming, fuming, okay, I tell okay, you. Okay. Let's, let's, let's talk about that briefly, because Nick mentioned it. Uh, I don't know whether he messaged me privately or in a group. I can't remember now. I was travelling. I was on the train coming back yesterday, and I rang him up, and I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> And he said, there's all these tourists in the upper tier in block two of the upper tier. I was in the lower tier. I was in actually in the front row of the, the lower tier. And I said to him, who are they? Did you talk to any of them? He said, no, because none of them could speak English. <laughs> and, and they all looked a bit bemused when Palace started singing Palace songs. They didn't know the words. They didn't know how to join in. Now, I want to know if anybody in the chat knows anything about this. How did all these tourists, in inverted commas, get tickets in the away end. Serious question, really, because I know several palaces would have liked to have gone yesterday but couldn't get tickets. So uh, who who's responsible for selling all these tickets to these tourist people? You know, seriously, anyone knows anything about that, we'd love to know. Pop it in the chat and we'll read it out. Okay, so all good. Um, oh, my goodness, I've lost my train of thought now. Um, post-match, Patrick wasn't happy, was he? Um, did you hear what he said post-match, Jim? Did you? 
come across what you no, said? I haven't heard. I haven't, you heard. haven't heard that. Okay. I would, well, imagine, I would imagine he just felt that they deserved something out of the game. Where well, he did. He got booked as well. This is what Patrick Vieira said. He said, I think we did enough to get at least a point today. Um, the other side is to look at chances created. Today, again, we created enough chances to score goals. So he's not wrong in any of that. The problem is not about that. The most difficult thing is to create chances. It's about scoring. We should score more goals. This is a fact. Well, Patrick, you're not wrong there, mate. Um, we all agree with you there. He said, we have quality players who can do that. At the moment, it is true that we lost a bit of our confidence. We don't take our chances. We have to keep working on that side. And I think if you look at the chances we did create, you know, the, the Mitchell volley that Kepa saved, the Elise shot that he saved well in the first half, the, the Zaha efforts on target, the Dekure shot, we, we were taking shots and we were hitting the target. We just came up against a very good goalkeeper um, in form. Um, so um, he also had a bit of a go at the ref. Um, when you don't win games, you lose confidence. Um, but on the side, other side, you tell the players to look at the performances and the performance today was positive. But he also had a little bit of a go at the ref. He said, we, we, we didn't get the re results. Uh, we didn't get the decisions. He said, we did it last year, turn the form around and we will do it again. So fighting talk from Patrick Vieira. Um, but he did have a go at the ref. He said, we're not getting the chances. Um, I'm sorry, we're not, not that we're not getting the chances. We're not getting the decisions by the referees. He said that um, too many decisions are going against us, not just in this game, but in other games as well. There's a lack of respect for Crystal Palace Football Club. He's almost said that. He could get in a bit of trouble with that, with, with the, the authorities. I don't know. But he got booked again. It's the third time he's been booked this season. He does, he does uh, stray out of his technical area quite a lot. And um, interestingly, he got booked against Chelsea at home as well. So he's been booked three times and um, two of those were against Chelsea. So, yeah, but we, I, I think, yeah, but we need a manager that's going to fight for us. We don't exactly. want a manager that's just going to sit there and like, you know, um, I'm, I'm not being, uh, I'm not mean drag out the past, but you know, Roy Hodgson who would sometimes just sit in his chair and that. We need yeah. someone that's going to get up and rile them players for Christ's sake. Like if they're not playing well, we want the manager on the touchline to be, to be Mate, telling you, you can't you can't pick on Roy for not getting out of his chair. I'm 56. <laughs> he's 70, what, 72. I can't get out of my chair faster than Roy. Jesus. <laughs> no. Patrick, you you want you want Patrick. I think a lot of that, a lot of when you're when you're a World Cup winner, when you're a serial winner, you just want to win all the time. And and the thing is, as a manager, as a player, you don't get to, to you, you can say what you want in the dressing room. You can't you can't attack a uh, a, a player through getting, you'll get massive fines. You'll probably get barred by the club because you'll bring the club into disrepute. You bring the game into disrepute. But the thing is, as a manager, I mean, what's the what's the worst that can happen? You know what I mean? Get yellow cards. So what? Well, you know what I mean? If he if he sits in a stand, all they do is they mic him up, and then and then Ocean Roberts will just he'll do the team. You know what I mean? He'll, he'll yeah. do what he does anyway. Get up and start screaming at the players. So there's no. I like, I love I like Patrick's passion, and I like the fact that he will go up and confront the referee because we don't do that enough as a team. We don't surround the referees screaming like every other team. There was a where's this rule gone right? Where only two players per team. Can, can go up to the referee. Usually it's the captain and one other. Now, it's completely lost. Look at Man City, Man United, all the big teams. Mm, Spurs yeah. are the worst. They literally, they're, 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 I mean, if they had their way, their goalkeeper would come out and join in as well. Um, 
I just, it, it, you know, the, the game's gone a little bit. Um, it, the game has gone a little bit, uh, and I think it needs reining in. I really do. And but until we get until we get a strong Premier League, some of the Premier League that wants to just go look. If you keep doing it, we're just going to keep putting it on camera. And every time, more than two of you do it, I'm going to pull you up. I'm going to give you cards. We're just going to find you and, and do it relevant to the money that the clubs are worth. So with us, where our, where our money's 170 million quid a year, they've got to find us 50 grand. Because I think if you have more than seven, we're going to get a fine for having two players sent off in one game. 100% that will happen. But, but if you have that already. That, We've had that already, eh? haven't we? I don't We're know. We are. No, that's what I'm saying. So we'll get a huge yeah. fine about that. The same as if you, you know, whatever you get, if you get more than six yellow cards or whatever in one game, I think you get, you you, you get a fine. Okay. I think if you, but, but the thing is, if it was if it was fifty grand a person, you had eight, six of their opposition, and you're only supposed to have two. The four extra, two hundred grand. If if you're you know two hundred grand to a team like us, it's a fortune. To Man City, it's not. But if you made it five hundred grand because it's relevant to their amount of money, soon you, if the only way you can hurt these people is literally with with fine them hugely or deduct some points. And they don't have the cuff. They don't. They just don't have the balls to do the points thing. We know. Okay, listen. We've, we've, we've talked about Patrick Vieira's passion, and we're pleased that he cares. That he's showing that. Um, that he's getting booked, if you like. He's, he's outspoken a little bit post-match. Uh, that's great. Now, what about on the pitch, though? Um, there's some comments in the chat about, you know, we, we, we reason we're not doing this, we haven't got a leader on the pitch. Um, Jim, you were captain of Crystal Palace Football Club for a number of years. Um, what are your thoughts about leadership in the current squad? Have we got a leader? And if we have, who do you think that should be? Well, I mean, it should be all your players, in theory. Uh, yeah, I think we've got leaders. Uh, I'm, I mean, uh, yeah, he at the back looks, he's a young lad. He's still learning. Anderson's a World Cup player. Uh, Dekuri look, looks a quality player. I mean, these players should... I mean, I'm going back to Joe's little rant there. I mean, I was taught from day one that when one person gets injured, you all limp. And ten you get round that player that's just kicked your mate, and ten you get round the referee and make sure that he knows why you're there. So I don't know what this two rule thing is, but you'll never stop that. Arsenal are the best team in the league at the moment, and they're top of the league. Because as soon as something happens, there's eleven players. I even see the goalkeeper the other day running up. There's players up there getting round the referee, getting round, and some teams sometimes these other teams go, oh bloody hell. These are all up for it. I don't find yeah, that's what happens yeah. to us. Yeah, but we don't do that. We no, uh, no. what I see in our team, like you mentioned it earlier on, like player gets injured and he sort of gets up, yeah, I said, don't worry, I'm all right. Whereas the other players, when we do it to another player, he's rolling around and suddenly there's all their players round. We we don't do that as a team. We we I don't think we're together enough. So when somebody gets injured, we should have half a dozen players around there looking over that guy that's kicked you or done whatever, screaming at the referee without being abusive and letting them know that you you ain't happy with it. But I, I think it's a together thing. We get we get injured and we just get up and nobody gathers round and moans at anybody, grabs a few shirts and like who's worried about getting the odd card? Who, who, who changes that then? Who changes that, Patrick? 
Yeah, I think that comes from... And look at Patrick. I mean, bloody hell, he played in the Arsenal team that would have kicked their grannies, wouldn't they, all over the place? So, but whether it's maybe the players where I'm going, I I wouldn't expect... If you look at our players, Tyrick, young lad, um, Eze, Elise, they're, they're not really going to get involved in that. That's like... And I think it's just something that would develop when they see more senior players doing it. Like getting round referees, getting round players that have just injured your mate, and we haven't got that at the moment. We haven't got that. I think, that I think, the team. I think when Joe Wall plays and he's got the armband, he does get involved. He does yeah, step yeah. in. Um, he's not necessarily a naturally aggressive player in that yeah. respect. But um, I, I just think for a while, one of the reasons we haven't been doing as well as we perhaps could and should have been is that we haven't had that leader on the pitch you know that natural that jedinak you know that 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 person that can really lead someone that the rest of the boys absolutely look to and that will will you know lead you at, at any time during the game. if you look if you look at last season everything started from Conor gallagher now you mm. would look at him and think well a leader but just the way he went about things and the way he closed people down, the minute he made a move, everybody followed him behind. So yeah. it, it just needs one little thing to set things off. Yeah, uh, John, John Jeff Thomas as well, you know. Yeah. yeah, Jeff Thomas. I mean, another player, all action, like, and people followed him, you know, like, if you've got a real woozy midfield player just strolling about and he's your main man, then probably other players might just be like that as well. So, yeah. Because he's that type of player and I think they will start following him but at the moment as well when you're on a little bit of a bad run it's hard and it's easy to look at teams and go well they're not really you know when when you've lost four out of five games confidence saps a little bit and you think where's the goal coming from so there's lots of other factors involved you're absolutely right. Um, and Patrick said that, didn't he? He said the confidence is, is down a little bit. But uh, hopefully, you know, if, if we can get a couple of breaks and, you know, get a win, it, certainly in the next tough run of games, then I think that confidence starts to come back pretty, pretty quickly. Um, Joe, you want to make a point? Yeah, sorry. And I know Aaron does as well. Just quickly, I, I'll tell you what I don't hear about anymore, which you always, always used to hear about, was, and you're saying about, Jim, you said that they don't look together at times. Do you know the only time that I that I remember teams? I've, I've listened to a lot of interviews about ex-players, and they've gone, "Ah, that, that weekend we had in Tenerife, you know, when you know when blah blah blah, and we were playing golf, and someone put the windows through in a car park." You know, what I mean, just just stupid stuff, right? But, and, and then they went out all night boozing and got captured or got nearly got captured. And and it, and it all just creates a stupid giggly and everyone goes, oh, they're big kids. But the thing is, footballers, essentially, these days, are big kids. I always remember, and I'm not going to name drop because loads and loads of people know that I know him, but Tim Cale once said to me that footballers, if you have a footballer that's come from an academy, then he has been told what to do his entire life. Now, I, he, he, it was a flippant remark, and, and I was like, anyway, his missus, I said, I, I said to, his missus said to me, do you want a cup of tea? And I went, yeah, I'd love a cup of tea. She went, don't ask him, tell him. And I, and I, and I thought, do you know what? I went, 
will you do us a cup of tea, please, mate? And he went, do it yourself, fatty, like that. And I looked at me, go and do me a cup of tea. And he literally jumps up when the kitchen done me a cup of tea. Because if you tell them what to do, because that's all they've done, they was all they know is they're told what to do, told who to mark, told where to run, told what to eat, told F to wear this. That's all you have to do. And that's the thing about footballers. If you tell them to do something, essentially they do it. But I always think that it's... This, that you know, like again, I just say, I don't think we go away enough, even if it's just maybe because it's just too compact now. But now we're out of now we're out of the cups, it should give us a little bit more leeway, even if it's three days. Fly off somewhere out of Big and Hill on a private plane. You think, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about them going away, I just want them to build a, a bond. Maybe that, you know, in, in half a season's time, there's going to be six, five, six, seven then. They're not going to be part of next year. So I don't know whether he wants to create a bond during pre-season and we get all our business done quickly, which I doubt. Um, I, I don't know, but I get where okay. you're coming from, Jim. Okay. Aaron, you've been very quiet for a little while. <clears throat> oh, you're all right. Just in the chat, we're looking at, there's a lot of people saying about Jimmy Mack, which Joe mentioned as well. And people saying that, you know, we maybe haven't replaced him. I'm going to go back to all of our earlier point. We did replace Jimmy Mack. We bought in Will Hughes. And I know for a fact, because I think we spoke about it before, Will Hughes is a big personality in that dressing room as well. And apparently a few of the young players look up to him. He plays in the same position as Jimmy Mack. He plays the same style as him. So if we're looking for a leader on the pitch, put him on the bloody pitch. Just just really quickly about Will Hughes. Um, Ben Foster does a, a, a his own podcast. Got two different podcasts, and he mentioned Will Hughes when when Ben was at Watford and he went out and interviewed. And then he done his podcast and he went. And he said, "Who's the maddest geezer at your club?" Someone asked him that, and he went, "Will Hughes. He is an effing lunatic. He's banter. He's fierce as anybody he's ever known. That geezer's played for some big teams." Ben Foster. So maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe we do have that still in the background that we just haven't seen it yet. Okay, need to sharpen it up a bit, maybe. Okay, good. I'm going to move this on um, because one of the things we do on this show is we look at our loan players that are out on loan. So um, they've had a good weekend, actually. So I just want to do this now. Three of the Crystal Palace Academy products were on the score sheet for their respective loanee clubs this weekend while a number of others starved for their team. So first up, um, 19-year-old John Kamani-Gordon. He scored 57 minutes into his senior professional debut on Saturday. Um, He completed his loan move to Carlisle United only on the Friday, but was named in the starting 11 and wasted no time in making his mark. And to cap the weekend off um, in an eventual 2-0 win against Newport, he was named in the EFL League 2 Team of the Week. So well done, John. Brilliant stuff. Also hitting the back of the net on Saturday was fellow Academy graduate Jezran Raksaki, who scored Charlton's goal on a 2-0 home win over Barnsley. Uh, that strike was his seventh of the season for the Addicts and fifth in his last 11 games. Um, and then over in Belgium, in a friendly, Luke Plan scored twice for RWD Molenbeek in their 4-3 friendly defeat to Luxembourg's FC Swift Hespinage. Never heard of them. Jake O'Brien also played in that one. A uh, couple of other lone players. Scott Banks wasn't in Bradford squad. He's injured still. Apparently, Malachi Boateng played 90 minutes for Queen's Park in a 0-0 draw in Scotland. Remy Matthews, he's playing for St. Johnston. Uh, lost 4-2. Um, what else? Uh, Rob Street and Killian Phillips both started for Shrewsbury um, in a 4-0 win 
away at Burton. I didn't think you were allowed to loan two players to uh, the same club, but maybe that's a Premier League role. And Jack Butland, all the big noise about him going to Man United, I think he's their third choice because he wasn't even on Man United's bench. And obviously he won't be when we play them um, in a couple of days' time. So that's a quick roundup of the um, players out on loan. And it's good to see the youngsters scoring goals. Uh, and, you know, certainly John Kamani Gordon and Jezrak Saki look like they're players for the future and um, players we could do with um, to call upon um, uh, in in the near future for ourselves. OK, um, Jill, um, I'll come to you in a second. I want to I want to look at the, the window. Um, we're in the window. Um, a lot of noise about getting players in. What do we need and why? And who should we go for? Um, Jill, make your point, and then we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, we need that. Need just Brett Sackey to just score one every three or four games, not just keep scoring goals. So I don't want him coming up. Jesus, oh, no, 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 a little bit. <laughs> um, do you know what? Uh, I think I think we're all right at back. I mean, we could we literally could do with another right back. But again, you know, if Ward is covered for Klein, we've got that. Um, I think Schlup can pay at the left back if uh, if anything happens to Mitchell. So uh, again, it's not ideal, but but there is cover there. Um, I do think we need another. I think we need a, 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 a I don't know, like a, another centre midfielder, um, someone that's a bit someone who's in. I don't know whether we need a baller. I don't know. I, I really thought Eze might have been that that player picking the ball up in the centre, but. Yeah, I, I I don't know what his orders are during the game. So, um, but for me, I uh, I I I don't know. Let's just say Wolf goes, and we I think we go for a. I think we use his wages to, to go and buy another striker. Because if he, I mean, it's it's quite clear that that there's a reason why both our strikers, the only two legit strikers that we've got in the first team, that they're not playing. There is a reason for it. I I don't know it. And, and Edward probably doesn't know it, um, but Mateta maybe, uh, you know, Mateta and Wilf at the end of the season, that's surely a chunk of money that we can use to buy another forward okay. or two. Okay. Let, let me ask the others then, Jim, your thoughts about uh, the window. What positions do we need to strengthen first, do you think? Uh, well, midfield. I mean, we, we're struggling a bit there. Got one player at the moment, the Curry. Obviously, I see a few comments about Mike, uh, whether he comes back or not. I mean, he's. I spoke to him. What was it? Bogatova game. I sat with him for about half an hour. Who's this? Jimmy Mack. Okay, I didn't, yeah. didn't realise he was 35. I thought, yeah, I thought he was yeah, young. Yeah. I said to him, well, I, I thought you were only about 32 the way you ran around. But he what basically he said, <laughs> well, he said his, his body's knackered. He said, like, really? that's why he pulled out of Scotland squads a few years ago. Yeah. Um, he, he said he was, his operation he had on his hip, which apparently he's had bad hips forever, um, was not bad. He said, but it was like a two-hour operation that took six hours, whatever they'd done. Um, but he said in training he was getting better and then he pulled a calf muscle or something. Okay. And he says, when you're 34, 35, it's, everything takes longer to get better. So, I mean, if he's back, it would be great to have him for a couple of months, but whether we'll have him for another season, it's... Uh, I, I honestly can't see him playing again in the first team. I, I don't uh, think uh, he's... Isn't his contract up at the end of the season as well? 
yeah. I'm not yeah, sure, no. but uh, I think there's a few contracts up. See, I mean, I wouldn't have let that Kuwaiti go. No, but there, there was the policy, oh. wasn't there, of the one and two year deal? Yeah, that but, was that's, that, that, but that's a lot of crap. Well, it's it's, it's the club's crap. That's their rules at the moment. That's what they're, yeah, that's it's, what we're it's, told. they're stupid rules, aren't they? Like, what, a manager gets two months and then he gets a sack. So give mm. a Kuwaiti another year. Anyway, I mean, he, yeah. he, he, we miss him in the middle of the park. Because if we had Jim, him, we wouldn't Jim, be talking about this. Jim, that is water under the bridge now, mate. We can't change that. You know, he's well, you asked me about out. players, so we need a midfield <laughs> player and we need a centre-forward. Possibly okay. another right-back, just to a bit of cover. Maybe an up-and-coming young lad. I can't see, with, there was talk about Aaron Wambasaki, but he seems to be getting back in the Manchester United team at the moment. So, but yeah. What about someone like Max Ahrens at Norwich or Jed Spence at Spurs? They're two right-backs, two relatively young right-backs that are well thought of. Either of those being any good? Well, Spence, I mean, he was he was sort of pulling up trees last year before Spurs signed him. He looked a really good player attacking right-back. So, yeah, somebody like that. But do these teams let the players come to Crystal Palace? And I was I was looking. Someone's put in the chat there that Chelsea are going to have to sell some players soon. They've got so many top players. Um, and match of the day did a piece on it as well um, yesterday. Match of the day too. Um, I was looking at that boy Lewis. Um, what was he called? The sixty-seven, the left back. Um, Lewis Hall. Played, Lewis oh, Hall. Good yeah, he, he had a good game against us yesterday. Admittedly, he got a lot of space. I thought Kleine didn't have his best game against him, but he looked really good. He looked big and strong. Great left foot. When you think they've got Cucurella, who they spent sixty million on, and um, and Chilwell as well, a left back, surely that boy's not going to get a look in. That's the kind of player we could go for in the summer if it's not in this January window. Yeah. Are we going to buy anybody in the January window? Well, the the rumor was that we wouldn't buy; we would get loanies in in the January window. Um, but who knows, Chell. I mean, I, I, and again, I'm not going to say the source, but it's good. But I was told that I, I don't know why we haven't been able to do a deal with Man United for for Aaron. Uh, I, I don't know whether it's they want us to pay his wages, which is close to six figures a week, uh, which we can't afford. Simple as that. Um, I was told there was a little bit of money to the right player if the right player become available. Um, but, but that's about all. Who's this player that they paraded? Murdrick or something, Kessley, Chelsea. Now yeah. he plays, pretty yeah. sure he plays yeah. the same position as uh, as as Gallagher. Yeah, 90 so, million pounds they pay for him. What he's he did, more, right, he, more a right winger, isn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's a bit like Will for he's gonna come in from the from the left or or the right or whatever. But that's the point I meant to make earlier. I know we're playing one up front, sometimes we play, you know, whoever up front, and it's not Wilf. We put Wilf up on the left-hand side, but he really is. When he cuts in, it's like the four-four-two, isn't it? Going back for us. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'd like to think that we would have a very good chance. But in saying that, if it comes down to money, we always know that West Ham are always going to be in front of us. They pay ridiculous money for average players. So for a good player like uh, like Gallagher, they would pay him money that we can't even dream of getting near. Even if we get rid of Wilf and we get rid of, uh, you know, if we get, if they 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 probably give him two hundred a week, and we can't get anywhere near that. So, 
and, and also they've got the uh, the bargaining power of Declan Rice. He's been linked with Chelsea, hasn't he? So, uh... well, damn, yeah, but same. I mean, we've got a, we've got a little bit of bargaining power with, you know, I thought we had with Wilf. Yeah, I mean, that'd be sure. nice if behind sure. behind the scenes that he's done a deal to go there at the end yeah. of at the end of the season, and then Gallagher comes our way. I would be very happy with something like that. I'd sure. hate to think that Wilf's going to leave the club. And, and leave that space open with no one coming in at all. That would disappoint me immensely. Okay. Um, Aaron, any thoughts from you about who you might want to bring in and why? Yeah, I, I just like what everyone else has said in the chat. And I'd definitely be bringing in a right back. I think it's I think it's a big liability for us. I know what everyone says about Joe Ward and, and Klein, that they're solid and that. But I remember the Spurs game. I caught Ward napping for two of them goals. You know, we're... Mm. We need a, We need to spend a good bit of money on a decent right back and get that posi- position sorted. Um, and then, yeah, I, Conor Gallagher at Chelsea. He's not going to get when they are all fully fit. I mean, they've got a whole injured. What is it? Eleven, twelve out. Signing more players. He's not going to get a look in. I'm sorry. He's not going to get a look in. So if we've got the money to go and buy him. We should go and buy him. I don't know if we have. That's a question that someone else will have to answer for me. And it sounds like we haven't got the money. But Well, if you believe what the Sun are saying, that we're going to table a bid for him in this January window, whether it'll be successful or not, it's another thing. But um, I, I, for one, some people were saying after the game yesterday, I wouldn't want Gallagher anywhere near our club. You know, come on. Yeah, oh, that's not of course not. We had one of his best games yesterday. Um, he raised his game, I think, because it was Crystal Palace he was playing. He had a fantastic game. And if he was on our team yesterday, we would have won the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Agree. I agree. What, anyone, hang on. Anyone, what, happened, what happened the last time he, he, he came on against us? He, he actually just belted it in the back of the net. No. He belted it in the back of the net. So what, there you go. So someone said Conor Gallagher will go to Newcastle. Well, that, that might happen, but, uh, but who knows? Um, okay, right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. If you, anyone else in the chat, you think of anyone we should be looking to buy, um, then do. Someone said Ruben Loftus Cheek possibly. Yeah, he didn't get on the pitch yesterday. Um, so there are other players Chelsea have got for sure that we could look at. So pop pop it in the chat if you think there's other players we could be going for in this window. Um, one thing I do want to do is um, give you a little quiz tonight. All right. So um, we've got two games coming up. We've got Man United uh, in about 48 hours' time. We'll be at Sellers Park for that one. Can't wait. Uh, and then we've got Newcastle on Saturday in the tea time kickoff. So Tom Clark Samuel does a great job for us on Instagram. And he puts these quizzes on Instagram. So I want to share this with you guys tonight and see if you know any of the answers. Let's go back to the, um, the quiz so I can see it, please, Nigel. So the Man United quiz, uh, nice, easy question to kick off with. Who scored our goals against United in the fifth round of the League Cup at Old Trafford in November 2011? So um, anyone on the panel know that? Yes. Uh, Is it uh, yeah, uh, Oh, Sorry, Ains. Darren Ambrose? It's Mar- Darren Murray Ambrose. and Ambrose. Yeah, Darren, yeah, Darren Ambrose, Ambrose is one. Yeah. Who's got the other one? Is it Glenn Murray? Glenn Murray, it was Glenn Murray. Well done. Okay, brilliant. Um, what was the score when we played them at Old Trafford in November 2018? 3-1. No, miles away. Anyone? 1-0. 1-0. 18, where Wilf run and ragged. 
2018 at Old Trafford in the league. Anyone in the chat? 1-0, John saying. 1-0. Right. 2-0. Facebook users got it right. 0-0 is the answer. Our good old (laughs) friend Facebook user. It was 0-0. And who arrived on loan at Sellers Park from United in August 2014? Wilf. Wilf is nice and easy. What a trick question to say. And then who saw red for the Eagles when we drew 0-0? Against them in 2005 at Sellers Park. This is a little bit more difficult, I have to say. Anyone Fitz know that? Hall. No, not Fitz Hall. Um, anyone in the chat know that? I'm going to come back to that question. 2005. Yeah, I'm going to come back to that question. Uh, right, let's get the Newcastle quiz up. We'll do that one as well very quickly. Bit of fun, this. So let's get the Newcastle quiz up. How many goals did former Palace and Newcastle defender Patrick Van Arnholt Score for the Eagles. Oh, he scored a few. That would be hard. 14. Oh, close. 13. Oh, close. You hit the post on 14. It was no, one, goal goal down, is it? one goal out. 13, 13 is the answer. 13. Two people in the chat have got that right. 13 goals for Patrick Van Arnold during his time with us. And question two, name the former Palace player who had spells at Newcastle in 93 and 94. I'll give you a clue. He's a goalkeeper. Baron. Nope. (coughs) You played with him, Jim. Played with him. He was a bit of a maverick. One with the tracksuit bottoms. No. No, that was was way past that era. Before him. Budgie. There we go. Mark Callaghan's got it right, Budgie. John Sikiewski's got it right, Budgie. Well, he played for 100 clubs, so you'd never get that. (laughs) (laughs) He had had more clubs than Jack Nicklaus, didn't he? eh? Um, Okay, name two former Magpies who were in the Palace squad in 2015-16. Steve, oh, I I was going to stay the march then. Oh, leave. Hang on. I, I know. I should know this one. Um, oh. One of them was a forward, scored goals for us. And the other one was a, a flair player in the midfield. Dawn's got it right. Johan, Johan, goodbye. Yeah, yeah goodbye. Right. Yeah. Goodbye was one. Anyone got the other one? <coughs> uh, hang on. Who did you say? Striker? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Um, not then. It was Gail. Yeah. Paul uh, Berner Wilshire's got it right. Colin Waterman. Dwight Gale is the answer. And finally, who scored our goals in the 2021 2-1 victory at St. James's Park? This was behind closed doors, this game. So you would have watched it on the TV. Our two goal scorers that night Wilf. are likely goal scorers, I have to say. Wilson shot that. Scott Dan. Nope. No, 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 no. 2011, 2021, this is. Jaro is one. Thank you, Jaro Riedeveld. And Cahill, uh, Facebook users. Right, Facebook users are on fire. I want to know who Facebook user is. Thank you, guys. That's the great quiz. And the final Man United question was uh, Vasilis Lakis who um, saw red in the Neil Neal draw in 2005. So, Tom Clark, Samuel, thank you for doing those quizzes. And whenever I look on Instagram and I see them, I think, crikey, I don't know those answers. Um, I, know, I might know one or two. But it's good to have a little bit of fun with that tonight, I thought. 
And uh, you can follow us on Instagram. There we go. Red underscore and underscore blue underscore review is how you get to that. So um, we've been having some competitions throughout the season as well. Super 6 is gone going. Our man behind the scenes is top of our league there on 273 points. I'm fourth. I'm quite proud of that. I had a pretty good week with 11 points. So uh, if you're doing that super sick, can you see your name there? Um, Tom Samuel, you are there. Lucy Usher, you are there. Yeah, come on, Lucy Usher. I, I, I'm rooting for Lucy this year. Seeing as, I'm, <laughs> seeing as I'm not allowed to do it, seeing as I'm out of the country, I can't believe they stopped me doing that. that is, is that, that right? Is that yeah, right? no, not allowed foreigners. It's what a joke, hey. And um, we've, we've got an FPL league. We've got um, nearly 150 teams in this. And um, Olga's Warriors are um, top of the league at the moment. I'm quite pleased. I'm on the top page. First page, I'm 50th in this at Am the I, Yeah. I'm, I'm, who's, uh, we usually have a stiff competition, don't we, Nobs? Who, oh, yeah, 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 mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm above you, aren't I? Oh, God damn. I don't know. I might not be. I might not be. I might not be. I might have got that wrong. But yeah, we'll have to have a look at that and and come back to it. But yeah, FPL, um, I'm having a pretty good week. I've got 68 points so far with five to play in my double game week. So that's all good at the moment. So um, we're going to come to the end of the show in a minute. We're going on an hour. Thank you for all your comments in the chat. Thank you for joining us tonight, guys. It's been brilliant having you with us. Um, I just want to do some predictions for these games coming up. We've got Man United, as I said, on Wednesday night. Newcastle on the Saturday. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Gel. Two predictions very quickly for those two games. 1-1 uh, both games. Oh, yeah, oh. I like that. Okay. Um, Aaron? Oh. Um, I'd say, I'm not going to lie, Man United are in great form. I reckon we could lose to Man United. But, no, yeah, I reckon we could, we could get... I reckon we'll snatch a win against Newcastle. Let's go we'll positive. Do. I'll go three points. Okay, give us a score then. Give us some scores. Oh, all right, all right. I'll give us. I'd, I'd say we score two one down to Man United, and I'll say we nick a one niler against Newcastle. Newcastle will be cagey. I go one nil against Newcastle. Okay, Jim. We're going to win both games five nil. If you believe that, if you believe that, you should be in Disneyland. I am not. I, I haven't a clue. I love I'm it when you take things seriously. I've predicted better results for the last few games, so I got everything wrong. I think if two points out of the two games, we'd probably say fair enough. Yeah, okay. I think if we can get two points, three points, we'll be happy with that, won't we? We're really happy with that. Okay. Now, something special is going to happen against Man United. Um, very sadly this week, guys, we lost uh, Palace fan Dina Collins. She was just 28 years old, very pretty young lady there. And uh, so sad that someone loses their life so young. There's going to be a minute's applause in the 28th minute against Man United on Wednesday night. Now, Jill, you personally knew this young lady. So, um, over to you, mate. Yeah, it was uh, really sad news. And and, and I, I spoke to a friend of mine, it's, it's his missus. Um, and, and, you know, she just said they're, they're in just absolute shock because, uh, you know, it was, it, I, I'm just going to read some... some Basically, you know, we at Bread and Blue Review, we'd like to pass on our thoughts and condolences to the friends and family of Dina Collins who unexpectedly passed away last week. Anyone who ever met her inside the grounds, because she, you know, was a fervent Palace fan, in the cherries before and after and crystals. And, you know, they, they would always, you'd remember her smile. If you ever met her, you'd remember her smile. She was always smiling. And, um, 
you know, and I, I know we've all got to go, but it, yeah. it was it was such a shock, and there will be many many people that know her. I know you can be a Palace fan, and you can go a lifetime at Palace and only know just a few people sitting around you, and you know you just go to the game, you go dying around beforehand, to dying around after. But she, you know, I know many many people liked her, and it was it's just it's an absolute shock. And like I said, I know the family, some of the family, you know, very well, and they, they're absolutely devastated as as you would be. But um, fly high, Dino. You know, rest in peace, Eagle. Thank you, Joe, very much indeed. And, uh, yeah, our thoughts and condolences with uh, all Dana's family and uh, close friends. And uh, make sure you stand on your feet and applaud, guys, on uh, yeah. on Wednesday night on the 28th minutes. Okay. So sorry to leave the show on a sombre note, um, but thank you very much to Jell, to Aaron, and to Jim for joining me tonight. Thank you to everyone for joining us uh, in Facebook land. And uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Let's uh, hope we go into these next two games and get something out of them. Thanks for joining us and a very good evening, everyone. Thank you. Good night, boy. Good night.